When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What was that? What was what? Devin, I don't... What? What what, what are you talking about? (laughs) How are you doing that? I may or may not have played with something in Discord, and now we have a soundboard. Oh my gosh, that's incredible. Is it all Jar Jar Binks? No, it's... It's... It's just that. Yeah. Literally just that. I mean, it's perfect. For now. It's perfect. It matches yeah. the horror theme of the movie we were talking about today. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, my favorite part, though, is uh, there's one here for just for you, Devin. Tell me. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> Wait, did you do that? Yeah. Did you make? Oh, yeah. gosh. Yeah. So oh, whenever you start complaining about anything com- that makes no sense, you're just going to you're going to throw that up. Well, yeah. that's good because all of my arguments are very logical and well-founded. So, <laughs> yeah, this is going to be a good thing. We'll never hear that. Yep. And then, especially for today, I got. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you did. Let's talk about movies. Huh. This is Kenny from my brain. If you want to talk movies, well, guess what? Hey everybody, welcome to You Have to Watch This Podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And today we're talking about the 1993 film Free Willy. Um, this is Devin's pick, but before we get into that, we like to talk about things that are things that we've been watching in pop culture over the last week. And we've got a we we've got a bit to talk about today. So uh I'm gonna start us off with uh, show that I just binged the whole se- season of in two days with my wife called Based on a True Story. Have you guys heard of this? I've heard of it. I heard it was really good, but I have no idea what it's about. It is about a couple who starts a podcast with a murderer. So there's a serial killer in LA and they mm-hmm. figure out who it is. And instead of turning him into the police they start a podcast about him with him. What? And so he, yeah. So he tells like his side of the story and like they do it just to make the money off of the podcast. So, you know what? That's great because that's exactly where these true crime podcasts are going. Like that's yeah. legitimately where this craziness is going. <laughs> that is the it, most 2023 premise I've ever heard. Yeah. It's Kaylee Coco as the, as the, uh, the main uh, murder podcast fan. Oh. And, and I haven't watched anything with her in it completely since eight simple rules for dating my teenage daughter. I never got into big bang theory, um, but she's really good in it. Um, is she, she also did that, oh, that, like, Girl on a Plane. Or the, send it. That one. That yeah. one. She did that one. Was that? Did you watch that one at all? No. I heard she was really good in that, too. Yeah. 
we kept getting ads for this on Peacock when we were watching Thirty Rock, so we're like, okay, let, let's just let's just watch this. So let's just do it. Yeah, so we did that. I'm gonna put my glasses back on because I look weird without them. Um, <laughs> hey, hey, don't you be mad about yourself. You look great, Alan. All right, don't you let That's anyone right. tell you That's otherwise. Right. <laughs> oh, I can tell. My, I can tell myself otherwise. Um, but yeah, uh, this is a really f- quirky show, but oddly very sexual. Like there, there are like it, it's very horny. Like the show itself is like leaning into sex stuff a lot, which is weird for Peacock, um, which I was not Wouldn't expecting. Yeah, no, that's almost every show nowadays. So mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> is, but, it, is this a trend? Am I not watching TV? Is this a trend I'm not picking up on? Every I mean, show's you, just horny now. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, every new show that I've attempted to watch or people tell me to watch, and I do, it, it just it gets sexier and sexier and sexier and sexier as time goes on. The the, the other know. the other thing that I have for we watch this is not that way, but we'll talk about that in a bit. Um. Okay. But yeah, I watched the whole first season. The season finale didn't feel like a season finale, but I kind of hope they get picked up for another season because if not, I just wasted two days watching this. So isn't that a shame about how like series will just get dropped like that now? Though, yeah, is that is that has to be like a new problem, right? Mm. The the new problem is series like this get picked up, they air, and they go out on streaming platforms for a year and then they get pulled like star trek prodigy is about to happen like they they canceled that and now they're pulling it from the streaming service so if i wanted to watch it i have to binge that in like the next week that's crazy yeah yeah so i actually went on online to buy the season Mm -hmm. like the day i heard about it because i'm like i i haven't watched it i didn't care about it but i'm like i want to eventually probably see it so i'll just own it it's sold out everywhere the day they announced it. Yeah. Is that why they do it to drive up like hard copy sales? No, No, they, they do it because they don't want to pay royalties to, um, Gene Roddenberry's estate that, and like the actors, like I don't think Kate Mulgrew was very cheap to get for that show. So if they take it off of the app, it's so dumb. That's why the writers are striking. So pay your writers, pay your royalties, fix the system. Um, that's what's going on with that. And it, it's dumb, but I, I could like Peacock hasn't started that yet. Paramount's doing it. HBO max has done it with Warner brothers. So I can see it happening again, but wow. Yeah. So yeah. for anyone out there that has an old show, that's no longer uh, being made. That's no longer getting new seasons. Buy it as soon as you can, because I mean, Paramount's not doing well financially, so who knows if that streaming service is going to last a few more years or not. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Devin, I believe you've been busy for the last month watching something. Tell, I, tell us yeah. what you've been up to. Have you ever watched something and afterwards you feel like you're just a better person for having watched it? That is I, ex- I cannot say that this is that's how this made you feel. It is exactly Please. how this made me feel. Please tell me it's because you realize the mistake they made in continuing to make the movies after four. No, not at all. So for those of you who aren't following along, I watched the first seven of the Fast and Furious movies over the last couple of weeks. 
and I just feel like a better person, a more complete, a more well-rounded <laughs> individual for now understanding the the plight of the Toretto family. And so uh, you've you've guys. only watched up to the ones with Paul Wa- Paul Walker in them. I have. Yep, I haven't seen anything post Paul Walker yet. Okay. Now, up to this point, the only one of them I'd actually seen <laughs> was a bit of Tokyo Drift and Number Seven. So now I get the full effect of Number Seven and get all of the references up to here, and okay. I can affectionately say, "The first three suck." Like oh, I don't no. know. I don't no, know. No, 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 no. Yes, yes, this yes. Is coming from someone who didn't get into these movies until they turned into bona fide, ridiculous action trash. Yes. So no, I'm not going to take that as a real answer. Hold on, hold on. This is you not act- your real opinion. You're going to change that right now. Listen, <laughs> you're acting like the first three movies were good movies. The in first any three way. movies is what built this franchise and it and started the like every millennial. Every elder millennial who is into cars, I yeah. guarantee you almost 80% of them will say that the first Fast and Furious movie was part of what got them into the car scene. I will accept that. I will not accept that there's any millennial out there that thinks Fast and Furious 2 or Fast and Furious 3 colon Tokyo Drift did anything for them. No, Tokyo Drift got me... It is specifically why I am into... To, Japanese domestic cars. Is really? They are the reason why every single one of my Hot Wheels cars that I've got more than 200 of them are yeah. all Nissans, Toyotas, Hondas, and uh, um, and Evos and everything else. And you will find that inside the JDM scene all over this country, that Tokyo Drift, yes, very questionable on movie quality, but <laughs> what it did for American car enthusiasts for that scene was probably the best thing that could have happened when it, so I'm no this, no no, no. You, i know i love you, this you, you, you've got me so agitated Devin. <laughs> <laughs> no but this is perfect because i don't know cars this is why i this is why i love talking to you about these things because in the movie i would just go that's a cool car that's another <laughs> cool car oh look that's his black car from the first one yeah oh, look, you don't you don't know what these cars represent what their history no, are none of it why I don't, why, it. why they're important you you don't you don't get it and that's why you don't like the first three movies that's why even though i just did this giant rant i understand where you're coming from unfortunately you're coming from the point of view of why i don't like this this movie series (laughs) because for for you then at four where they did the reboot so right one two and three are pretty car heavy movies yeah with some questionable effects questionable acting questionable plot lines and questionable logic about the cars yes (laughs) also also that well i mean in some of the shots you literally watch the cars break as they're like landing a jump and then they're fixed driving later (laughs) and then they're fine yeah they don't edit that shit out and that's what i love about it but at that point it turns into an action movie series yeah and the cars are there they definitely still like like fetishize the cars in the same way but they're not the focus like the original one was yeah like like my biggest hook in the first movie is when the one guy goes on. He's like, Man, I've got a, I've got that ADHD crap, whatever that is. And the engines just calm me down. And even though that is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard, that connected me as a young kid to the movie. I'm like, hey, look, there's this character that has what I have. And then I started realizing that other people who were into cars were kind of like me. And then that's when I just kind of steamrolled into it. Like I never became a mechanic or anything, but I definitely like, like 
but, but, but it definitely got me to think about the heritage and the history of cars. That wasn't my takeaway from the Fast and Furious franchise up until movie seven. I'm going to be entirely honest, <laughs> but maybe I'm watching them incorrectly. But I was more <laughs> distracted by things like like the progression of Paul Walker's accent throughout the yeah. course of the movies. <laughs> I was more interested in the vague like background of whatever Gal Gadot was supposed to be in those movies. Uh, just <laughs> such ridiculous but I love it. I love it. And I, I cannot wait to watch the rest of the movies. I've only got, what, three more? But, like, it is now, like, top of my list to finish these movies. I cannot wait. Once I you... really wish that you would have been stateside because I because I would have loved to watch the first three movies with you. Well, we got to rewatch them then. Yeah. I mean, you two, you three, you two could do, like, a whole commentary thing on them if you want for the, for the show. We almost should because Ryan's yeah. going to have more about cars than I have. And I'm going to have more of the ridiculous action. Like, I mean, even this is where I'm at with these. In the first movie, you keep getting hearing Tom go, you got to get me a 10-second car. Get yeah. me a 10-second car. Oh, i got to get you a 10-second car, Tom. That's what he sounds like. If you two movie. want to record something for next week for that, like, I will send me the file and I'll put it out. I'm not mad. We might actually <laughs> like, do that. Yeah. Okay, we'll think um, about it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I've been binge-watching a thing as well. It's not a... Uh, it's not a a movie franchise, but it is about family. Uh, oh, no. I've been I've been binge watching Succession on Max. This is like top of my list. How is it? I have one episode left. I wanted to finish it before this, but I ended up sleeping half the day yesterday, so I got a late start on Free Willy. Um, it's insane. And terrifying and entertaining and it's like a train wreck you can't look away from. Like this family is so dysfunctional. Um, but there are moments of levity in it that are just insane. Like at one point the the one son just has a whole rap song dedicated to his father, played by Brian Cox, who oh. was striker in uh the X Men movies with X two. What got me to watch this show is they just aired the final season a few months ago and there was something that happened in the final season that I was like, oh, they do that. I'm, I'm going to have to watch this show because I'm curious how they handle that, mm-hmm. um, which with the with the title succession, it's kind of obvious what they do eventually. Yeah. Um, but the way they present that, and I'm not, I'm not going to say what it is that happens because I don't want to ruin that for you if you don't know. But the way they present it is just like a a bombshell in the middle of an episode that you don't expect. And there's like a 27-minute one-shot of the wow. characters reacting to that. And to the American Civil War. You know, there's a little bit of that, yeah. Oh, is it really? Uh, there really is, because there's a whole there's a whole s- thing about elections and the political landscape that we're in now. But it's like turned up a, a few degrees, so it's even okay. more hostile. Um, but the acting is phenomenal in this. the The cinematography is great. If you haven't watched this show, I highly recommend it. I I will report back on what I think of the finale. Because uh, I really wanted to have it done before the show today, but I ended up going shopping all morning because I woke up at like six and had 
just need to get out of the house because I'm I've just been packing like crazy. Sure. Um, but yeah, if this is on your list, Devin, I think you'd really enjoy this. The other thing that got me to watch this is I saw clips of this on TikTok where people put the narration from Arrested Development over top of it. <laughs> and if you go into it as a serious Arrested Development, it works. <laughs> oh, incredible. But, uh, and there, there's not really a sexual aspect to this, but the one character, um, Ro- Roman Ro- Roy, uh, played by Kieran Culkin, Macaulay Culkin's younger brother. Uh, he just makes sex jokes all the time and they're not funny. Like they're funny to him, but it's just like so off putting. Um, and then perfect for Kieran Culkin. That's what I want him doing in my thing. And then Alan Ruck is just playing like the older version of Cameron from Ferris Bueller's day off. (laughs) like so aloof like so clueless like he runs for president but he's like one percent in the polls and thinks he's gonna win like it's so weird but he's probably my favorite of them because he's not a complete asshole he's just an idiot um so that was one of the the comments i'd heard about this is that there it's hard to get behind any one person yeah like there there's one person that I've kind of like every season it changes like who you, who you're behind. Um, but it, it does a good job of balancing everyone like time wise, but yeah, it's I, like, I don't know who I want to have come on, come out on top of this, like game of Thrones. It was easy. Like I know who I want to win that throne. This I'm one episode away and I still don't know who's going to like be the king of everything. And it's over. It's over. Yeah. They okay. just had their final season. So so someone actually is the king of everything. I don't know. I haven't seen the finale yet. I can't wait for it to be Brand the Broken. Yeah. If it is, I'm just unsubscribing from Max completely. <laughs> Hopefully the building comes down. Maybe. But and I've also noticed, I'm going to just a little sidebar about Max. I noticed that the audio and video for the last few episodes that I've been watching have been out of sync. So I've just been like, like, as I, I don't know how to fix this. This is an app issue. So I was just like, I guess I'm going to have to watch it this way. So luckily I was like packing and stuff with it on in the background. So it's not like I'm watching it directly and it was bugging me. I just found things to do. So it didn't bother me, but that would have driven me bananas. I wouldn't have watched it. I mean, it was driving me crazy, but it was also enough to be like, is it out of sync or is it just a style choice? Cause camera wise, it's very straight. It's like, it's like the camera is going along with the action, but there are moments where it will zoom in on things like, mm. like moment, like reactions and like zoom out. And it, it's kind of got like a documentary feel to it when it does that. But the rest of the time, it just feels like straight drama. But th- those zooms are a really interesting tool that the show uses to emphasize the characters' reactions and moments. So hmm. that's yeah. interesting. I like I like unique camera work. You might you might have sold me more on this. Yeah. Uh, and <laughs> Brian Cox is fantastic. Like I, I see why the show has won the Emmys that it has won. So 
uh, yeah. Good. I can't wait to watch it. Yeah. I highly recommend it. So uh, on that note, let's talk about Orcas. Let's do it. With uh, Devin's pick for the week, Free Willy from 1993. Devin, why, we, why did we watch this this week? <laughs> Sorry, because Orcas have been bullying boats, and I love it. <laughs> I, I love orcas have been bullying yachts apparently in the news. You guys have been telling me about it. Memes have been all over about it, and that's the only thing that memes have been all over about. The, the, let's talk. Let's talk about that a little bit. Have you done research yeah. into what's happening with these orcas? I don't actually know what's happening okay. with the orcas. I just Let, know that memes I, exist. I will summarize what is happening. Okay. There is a pod of orcas near Spain. Um with one orca who's been training other orcas to attack boats and how to do it. Yeah. Uh, the theory, the theory is this orca had a bad experience with the boat, whether it was an injury or she was trying, they tried to capture her. Um, she just hates boats and has slowly been training the other orcas to attack yachts and sailboats and disa- she, they've sunk a few boats uh, no one has been injured. Um, a lot of the, I think the one boat that sank was sank during the tow with the Spanish Navy. But yeah, so the, they've pretty much just been attacking the super rich. Which <laughs> after watching Succession, go for it. Uh, <laughs> Listen, animals training other animals to incite violence against yachts and super yachts. Yes, please. Like. I didn't really know that's what's happening, but I love everything about it. My yeah. my, my theory is they saw a, like uh, they saw blackfish, and was like, <laughs> "Oh, the humans are doing that. Oh, we need we need to take them out." <laughs> yeah. So I didn't. I, I I honestly didn't know that that's what this whole thing kind of turned into. But I but I remember when this stuff first started happening. They they didn't know exactly what what was going on. And so the one theory that I thought was funny was that just like human teenagers, juvenile orcas will occasionally do silly things. And then in their pods, they get these fads. So like, as an example, there was an orca that decided it was funny or whatever to wear to like kill a seal and swim and then swim in a manner so that it stayed on its head like a hat. (laughs) <laughs> and other juvenile orcas in the pod started copying that. So then you had a bunch of orcas with hats, but then it quickly died out and they stopped doing it. So they thought it was something like that, just juvenile behavior. That was weeks ago when I first started hearing about it. I didn't know that they actually pinpointed what actually was going on. That's really cool. Well, it's hard It's hard to tell what is actually going on, but that's the best theory they have so far is that the one whale is training them <clears throat> Uh, to attack boats. I cannot wait to, for that to be the plot of Free Willy 5. It's incredible. That is absolutely spectacular. Yeah. I love everything about that. <laughs> I Wow. The idea of a teacher whale teaching these other... I just... Yeah. I want that to be the movie we watched instead. Yeah. Do you, do you know how many wild orcas have attacked people? How many wild orcas have attacked people? Yes. Like, how many... How many whale attacks there have been on on people that have left them injured or killed no i genuinely don't how many Ryan, do, do you i know it's a low number if not none 
None. I just don't know what it is. Yeah, it's okay. none. Ooh, as yeah. far as I as far as I could tell, there have been, there's never been a reported attack killer whale attack on a human. Wow. Huh. I, I'm sure people have done stupid things and gotten themselves attacked by like getting too close to whales, but that's not on the whales. That's on people being stupid. And I'm but, assuming we're not counting the blackfish stuff. We're not. Well, that's in captivity. Like in that's captivity, true. the numbers are way higher because the whales get aggressive because they can't swim. Wow. What a great segue yeah. into everything that this movie is talking about. Oh, I've been prepared for, for years for this dude. So, I'm so proud of you. Yeah. This is 90% of why I wanted to do this movie is because I know you're such a big fan of this movie mm-hmm. and I, we've literally never talked about it. Yeah. Like you bring it up every once in a while. You'll be like, Oh yeah, free Willy. Or you'll be like, I just watched free Willy again. And mm-hmm. I'm like in, in the two thousands you did. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm glad we're getting the chance to do this. Yeah. And I realized yesterday when I was watching this, this is the 30th anniversary next month of free Willy. So no way. Yeah. Very cool. I can't wait for all the 30th anniversary merch to hit Target shelves like it did for Jurassic Park. You think it will? No. <laughs> I was going to say, is so hold on, before we dig into the movie, where does this movie sit in the cultural zeitgeist? Like, I know that, Alan, you love it. I think that, Ryan, you and I, our reaction was basically the same, where we were like, oh, right, that movie we watched when we were five and stopped caring about. <laughs> well, I mean, I would say it's pretty heavy in... Uh, pop culture reference simply because it made because of the impact it had on us as kids but I think Alan would know more about that than I would yeah I I think part of the reason it is such a touchstone in pop culture is because of the Michael Jackson song yeah Uh, because can you think of any other movie that had a Michael Jackson song attached to it that's not Captain Emo it doesn't count, yeah. No. no. Now that you say it, no. I genuinely can't think of another one. Yeah. Uh, I think that's part of it. Uh, and I think because it started such a movement, mm-hmm. like the fact that they put that 1-800 number at the end to bring awareness to saving the whales and what happened with Keiko, which we'll get into later, um, that like that moment in the eight, in the 90s where they – this started a whole thing when with what that we're still going through with like blackfish and all that, like about getting these whales out of captivity. Uh, so I think that's part of the reason it has such a important place in pop culture, but it's also been like ref, like made fun of on like the Simpsons. And um, I have a clip. That's why I got do you have a clip. <laughs> I do. Uh, this is from the Simpsons. Uh, it, it's very short, but bear with me. Jump oh, I can't wait. Jump. What a mess. Oh, I don't like this new director's cut. <laughs> so that that's like the, the to me as a big of as big of a Simpsons fan as I am, that's the first time I saw something that I knew from pop culture get parodied on The Simpsons that stuck with me. It's like I know what they're making fun of. Like I get it. Like I like when I started watching The Simpsons, I didn't know Star Wars, I didn't know like anything else, but I knew Free Willy. So when I saw that, I was like, they didn't, they just made fun of free Willy. How dare they? Uh, <laughs> but yeah. So. Oh, incredible. I didn't yeah. know about that. How early is that clip? Cause I'd never seen that before. Uh, 
that had to be 95 i think so that would have been like season seven eight somewhere in there got it okay the golden years yeah i can look it up uh so devin what were your thoughts like you picked this to watch what what was your reaction to it so first off the movie made me really really mad because i watched blackfish I think I'm 90% sure I watched Blackfish and ran onto this podcast to talk about it. So I'm sure it's in an earlier episode, but I watched Blackfish. I love Blackfish. And in my mind, that was the first time I had ever heard about whales being treated badly in captivity. That's the whole point of this movie. I knew it since I was five. I feel bad for not having remembered the message of this movie much longer. Uh, But otherwise I, you know what? I think this movie holds up, right? Like I had been trolling IMDb reviews of this movie for the, the weird and wacky and, generally people are like well the movie would never happen in real life yeah all right like if that's your reaction to this movie get out of here like of course it wouldn't like but i think the movie holds up i liked watching like him in the background of like learning to interact with this whale or like what the back back end of like a a water park looked like i don't know i thought it was a good movie and really enjoyed it ryan what did you think it rem- it reminded me of about a bunch of stuff that I forgot about it. Um, but I, I liked it more than I thought I would as, as an adult, I'll put it that way. Um, simply because I remember watching this a lot when I was in elementary school. And then I remember getting bored one day and we had the VHS and I'm like, I'm, I'm going to rewatch this. I was like in eighth grade or going into high school or something. And I got like five minutes into it and I'm like, okay, I'm going to put on something else. (laughs) <laughs> and that was the last time that, that I ever attempted to watch this movie. So pre-2000 was the last time I saw anything on this. Um, I enjoyed it more uh, than what I uh, than what I was expecting. But having Tank Girl as the uh, trainer, def- it definitely threw me off. Because I know her from Tank Girl and other stuff more than I know her from this. So see her. Yeah. So, so, Lori so Petty. Like seeing her. Yeah. So like seeing her in more of like a, like a kid's movie role is very, not, not off-putting, but it kind of threw me off a little bit. Like I, <laughs> like when I see her, she's doing more adult centric dramas and comedies. Mm-hmm. I just Googled tank girl. I didn't know that was even a thing. You didn't know? Oh God. I've never oh, seen that either. Need... So. Oh, you two are in for a treat. That's going on the list. That's going on. The list. Um, Ugh. so I, this is not a movie that I've sought out to watch. Like it's one of my feel good movies. Like growing up, this is one that I watched on VHS, like a lot. Uh, it was one of my go-tos. Like I remember the commercials promoting the, uh, trying to build him a bigger tank. Yeah. On it. Uh, I think that came with the second one as well. Uh, but I did watch this a few years ago when I went to the beach with my family, I, my niece wanted to watch something. So I put it on for her and she loved it. Uh, wow. So then I had her watch the second one and she loved that too. Um, then it show her the third or fourth one, because I, <laughs> I think I've seen the third one once and wasn't a fan and I've never seen the fourth one. Um, Cause the fourth one they did about 10 years ago with Bindi Irwin, Steve Irwin's oh, they Really? Yeah. Oh, which one is the the treasure hunt one? Like, there's like Free Willy on Treasure Island or something. No, there's. there's oh, it's, it's that one. 
been it's been dear when free willy yeah. escaped from pirate's cove oh that, what I that's meant. it yeah gross yeah uh i've never seen that one i thought about watching all of them but i've just been so busy that uh i, I can vouch for two two is good um but yeah this is i've always been fascinated with killer whales and orcas because of this movie uh, to the point where I wanted to go to SeaWorld as a kid and we were scheduled to go. And then my sister got chicken pox. Oh, um, so, and then uh, it's still on my list to see an orca. Like I, like the top of my bucket list is to see an orca either in the wild or if I have to in captivity, like, I just want to see one. Like I just want to see one with my own eyes in real life. You should. Yeah. You absolutely should. I, so hold on, we have to we have to do this question now. Have have you seen an orca in real life, Ryan? Yeah, I did when I was younger. Unfortunately, it was in captivity though. This okay. was I'm talking like mid to late nineties. So this was back when like you know the whole you know this movie came out and they were trying to get these whales free and you know my little mind I didn't you know know any well, of the stuff behind don't. it but but still, um, yeah. I mean. It was a dolphin show, and they had the orca come out. It was small. It was smaller than I thought it was going to be. Um, but it was still cool to see. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, I've done the same. I've seen, you know, when I was much younger, I'd seen an, an orca show. And I think it was actually SeaWorld Florida. So, But I never got, like, close. Like, not as close as this lucky little kid did. Because it would be so cool to work with them. We were going to go to SeaWorld Ohio. Because that was a thing in the 90s. <laughs> Yeah. Ohio? Yeah. Well, it existed. Yeah. It didn't last long. Um, but yeah, that was going to be our trip to Sea World. Um, oh, incredible. Um, all right. So, Devin, you had us watch yeah. this. What, yes. what, were your, what were your big takeaways from this movie? So, the only thing I remembered from the movie originally was the scene where he raises his hand and the orca jumps over his hand and the Michael Jackson music plays. Found out that was wrong. That's not how that scene goes. Generic <laughs> inspirational music plays. Then they cut to Michael Jackson's song over top of a montage of orcas at sea. Didn't know that. But re-watching the movie, there were a couple of pretty major takeaways for me that I was really like pleasantly surprised were included in a movie so early. So I really loved the anti-capitalist undertone of this movie. And I don't want to get too heavy into politics or anything. But I love the fact that like, the the owner was like this orca's costing me a million dollars and like that was his like big thing and that's why they wanted to like kill the whale was for insurance money like whoa didn't realize it was like that uh, i learned in the imdb trivia they wanted to film this at sea world and then sea world did not like that message that they had <laughs> like can you change the ending of this and they're like no <laughs> That's the whole. It's the whole deal. Richard Donner's like, no, we're we'll go somewhere else. So, <laughs> so hold on. Where did they go? Did they build this set for this this movie? So the film takes place around Portland, okay, or Seattle. It place it takes place in the Northwest, but for the Keiko stuff and all of the tank stuff, they filmed that in Mexico. Interesting. At, okay. At a, I have the name here, somewhere. Uh, I thought I did. Oh, maybe it's here. Uh, I'm going to say that it's Seattle because the guy's wearing a uh, Seattle Supersonics hat. So, yeah. Uh, 
they filmed the Keiko stuff at Reno Adventura in Mexico City. Got it. Because that's where Keiko was. So they kind of like covered up all of the the, the Spanish stuff and pl- replaced it with Northwest Park. Um, <laughs> but I forgot that's what it was called. They, they, they split it between the And there's artifacts for the movie in in Oregon. They did film it in Oregon. So Warrington, what, Oregon. What artifacts do they have from this movie? Uh, like some of the signage from the park oh, sure. and like the, the whale statue that is outside of the, the thing. Mm-hmm. So, so, okay. Watching this again. So it, it, first off, it sounds like Alan, you haven't seen this movie as much as I thought you did. I thought this was a pretty common movie that, that kind of popped up. I mean, I'll so watch then, it every, I'll watch it maybe every five years or so. Okay. Okay. Not like every couple of every couple of months like I think if I if, if, like I'll watch this one every few years not like yeah. every few months because uh, this is this is like one of my safety movies like one of my comfort movies from sure. when I was a kid um, but I went on to the kick a few years ago and got the necklace back from Free Willy 2 because I had it as a kid and then my mom took it away from me because my sister's chipped her tooth with it um so I was like, I'm an adult now. I have adult money. I'm going to buy a free Willy necklace. Oh, I'm so glad you did. Yeah. Um. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. But were there any takeaways that you had like I had where you're like, this is a different movie as an adult? Or like, I didn't realize this is an adult. The whole, the whole reasons behind why they wanted to kill Willie yeah. makes more sense. Uh, the biggest takeaway for me and part of the reason I got back into free Willy was a few years ago. I, I learned that I learned how much of this movie isn't actually Keiko and how, how much, much of this of, movie isn't Keiko. About 30% of it is actually Keiko. What? Yeah. The rest of it, they had two animatronic whales that they used and Keiko's not even in the sequels. Like those are just the animatronics. I couldn't tell. Where were the animatronics in the, was it like when like the underwater shots of it like anything with him like on the whale? Yeah. Like a lot of the close ups, anything with him interacting with the whale was most likely animatronics. Really? So even and when he's like petting the tongue? I, I don't know about that. Okay. Because uh, there's there there were some things that the puppeteers couldn't mimic when it came to the actual whale. So there was time where he times where he probably did interact with Keiko, but they, like insurance wise, they have to be very careful with a kid. Um, yes. But the fun fact that I learned is the animatronics were so real that when Keiko saw them, he, um, he really, really liked them. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, oh, get it, Keiko. Yeah. yeah girl. He uh, freed Ooh. his willy, if you will. Oh, gross. Um, oh, Wait, hold, uh, on. hold on. Where is it? Where is it? There we go. I'm so happy we have a soundboard, guys. Yeah, me too. Next level. 
Ryan, did anything surprise you about this one? Like, I, as an adult? I totally, I totally forgot about the uh, uh, message that you were talking about. Like, just like yeah. the capitalist sleazeball thing going on. Um, and it, it, it reminded me again about how much I know I've, this has come up a, a little bit recently for me, but it's reminded me why I don't like kids. Um, <laughs> particularly the thing with all of them pounding on the glass that made him flip out and like ram the, uh, the, the windows. Like, I'm sorry, but any rational adult should be able to look at their kid and understand, oh, there's an animal here that uses sound to see and to know its surroundings. Maybe my five-year-old pounding on the glass maybe not be such the best thing to do. And he reacted the way he you would expect an animal to react to something like that. So it doesn't sound like you have a problem with the kids. It sounds like the parents then. Oh, no, it's all of them. It, it, it's 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 the parents not controlling the kids and the kids being out of control and not having forethought to like maybe not bang on the glass it, it's also know. i'm quite it's, being irrational it's also the 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 staff at the park who's not down there being like hey don't pound on the glass yeah like, don't do this thing you're doing mm-hmm. yeah yeah so it, um there's that um I, I really liked the dynamic of the um, uh, adopted father, like trying yeah. to learn this thing as it goes, because I, I've seen that actor before, but the character that he was playing, I could totally see a an interaction between him and his wife th- th- that they didn't film, where she goes to him and's like, we should adopt a kid. And he's just there trying to eat dinner going... <sighs> <laughs> okay, fine. We'll adopt a kid, and like that's the attitude he has throughout the entire start of it. Of him, like, I don't know what the rules are supposed to be. I guess you're you're the one that knows yourself. So what should we do? Like, you're you're asking a kid what he thinks the which I have to say they did an amazing job de aging. Um. Uh oh crap! What's her name? I just had her name in, the, in, in my head the entire time I was watching this movie. Meg Ryan. They did an amazing job de-aging Meg Ryan for that role as the kid. <laughs> you cannot tell me that he does not look like a young Meg Ryan in the mid-90s. I now can't unsee it. I wasn't thinking that. And now it hurts. I say that out of respect to Meg Ryan. She's one of my favorite 90s actors. Act- actresses i'm not making fun i'm just pointing something out that i just couldn't get out of my head the entire time i was watching this movie but i really liked the 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 was a dynamic of the um adoptive parents trying to find out their own role in the whole parent like uh uh, uh child relationship going on mm-hmm. um there was just a lot of more mature themes in this than i remember there being absolutely um yeah and that's what really grabbed me. I think that the biggest thing that surprised me, uh, like learning more about this movie as an adult, is the producers behind it. Uh, mainly Richard Donner, who, if you don't know the name, you should. Uh, he directed The Goonies, which also takes Uh-oh. place in the Northwest. But the big thing on his ticket is Superman the movie. Like, that's 
Wow. Like, he produced this. It was his idea to put the phone number at the end. Um, and at his production company, I believe they had one of the whales on display. Like one of the animatronics. Oh, incredible. Yeah. So the late Richard Donner. Which wow, he I... seems to be like one of those people that just pops up in everything that I liked as a kid. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the Goonies, 16 blocks, Lethal, lethal weapon, weapon, Superman. Wow. <laughs> in a yeah. lot. Any given Sunday? Really? Mm-hmm. That was him too? He produced mm-hmm. it. Wow. Yeah. Oh, X-Men yeah. 2000? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So I one of the things I did want to bring up was the main character, Little Boy. So almost unanimously <laughs> in all of the IMDb reviews I found, because it was the only site I looked for, Everyone was collectively like, the main character is terrible. He's awful. I hate him. He's obnoxious. I don't think he's obnoxious. I think he's a very specific brand of 90s little boy. And I think like the long hair kind of punk kid that the 90s like to sell us on. Am I right in that? The way that the way that I saw it was that he was just he was a troubled kid and I feel like a lot of these reviews are looking through things in like post 2010 eyes where in the nineties children's mental health was in its infancy when it comes to broad, you know, like where that was a big thing where people actually deep, you know, took a deep dive into that and this kid was dealing with stuff. He should have been seeing a therapist, but of course it's the early nineties and that's not going to happen. So I feel like his kid is very realistic for what he was going through in the type of situation that that, that they showed him in. Because I have to say, even though I have a very short fuse for like the for, you know, like the overreactive and annoying child character, this one didn't bother me because I felt that he was reacting realistically to his situation. Mm -hmm. Hmm. The other thing that that. I noticed watching this as an adult is the parallels between Jesse's story and Willie's story. Like their situations are very similar. And I think that's, that what is what helps them form that connection where Jesse doesn't know where his mom is. He's separated from her and has hope that she'll come back. Whereas Willie is separated from his pod and his family, but Jesse knows where his mom is. So that's why he's like, we need to get Willie out of here. I know where his family is. Like, it just hits harder when you look at it that way. Yeah. And and that was something that I had forgotten about was that there were these, like, really, like, I think, like, watching it as a kid, I was just like, yeah, Jesse's a pretty chill dude. And Willie totally gets that he's a chill dude. So, of course, they're buddies. But, like, I didn't realize that, like, you know, watching it again, I'm like, oh, they're kindred spirits. They're both, like, in this bad Mm -hmm. situation. and. Yeah, I, I never realized that there were that many parallels. It was really kind of cool to see through that lens. Yeah, because, yeah. I mean, as an adult, you see this and you're like, oh, that kid needs help. Yeah. Like, that kid needs comfort. He needs help. He needs a space that he feels like he can be himself. And that's the same thing Willie needs. Because, like they were saying at, 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 at the beginning, I can't remember her name, but Tank Girl comes down and says, yeah, no, he can be a little grouchy sometimes. And then the kid is grouchy too. So it's like, Hey, maybe they can help each other out. Yeah. Um, I forget what I was going to say. 
I forget. It's all right. I have a very important question for the yes. both of you. Did the Michael Jackson song make you tear up at the end? No. That's. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's. No. Like I. I. I found myself not crying at it, but just like in awe of like that song with the footage of the whales in the, in nature. Like, I just love the ending of this movie. And like, that's such a great, like one of my favorite end credits of all time is just the footage of the whales with that song. Um, Yeah. It doesn't make me cry, but that's all. That's probably my favorite Michael Jackson song. Would have been better with a Klingon war war bird above them, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> what a very specific pull. Okay, I, so so I, I asked that question just to tell you real yeah. quick that when I was little, my dad would drive our our like family van down to the end of the driveway in order for us to catch the bus, and he had eight or they had he had cassette tapes of different movie soundtracks for us to listen to while we waited for the bus. And there were a few songs that we listened to. And this unlocked this memory, by the way, because I forgot about this. There were a few songs that we were not allowed to listen to at the end of the bus stop because I would start to cry and it would put me in a bad mood for school. This one was one of them. And Hercules' Go the Distance is another one of them. <laughs> so I remembered that this was one of my, like, I can't listen to this songs. And I, like, unlocked all these weird kid memories. It was great. You know what? I would definitely find that to be weird. But yeah. knowing, but I mean, knowing that you were also the kid during in like daycare or kindergarten that thought Mary uh-huh. Poppins was stupid because of the cartoon penguins. Yep. Yep. <laughs> That's just, you know, it just, it makes sense. It's on, it it's all sense. on fire. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you guys mentioned Blackfish before and yes. I haven't seen it. Um, the reason why I haven't seen it is because I watched the cove. I'm not sure okay. if you guys have seen that. I haven't seen I know the cove. Um, the Cove deals more with dol- with dolphins, but they spend about half the movie talking about the problematics of having um, uh, sea mammals that use acoustics uh, when it comes to being in a tank, and that's why I haven't seen Blackfish because I because I don't that I've already been through mm-hmm. watching. A separate film that basically is talking about the same thing um i'm like i said i've never seen it i know it deals primarily with orcas more than with dolphins it, it deals more with the orca trainer relationships and where they've gone awry yeah okay. especially so that, and it focuses in on one orca in particular named talcum okay okay um so that's kind of that's not exactly what I was expecting Blackfish to be about, but that's kind of in the same ballpark. Mm-hmm. Um, the things that they talk about in the Cove make me very uh, about talking about whales, orcas, dolphins in captivity. And mm-hmm. that's kind of why I was a little uh, before when when I said, unfortunately, I saw an orca in captivity when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They they talk about how their sonar systems, for lack of a better term, because I don't know what the scientific words are for it, but like their sonic abilities amp- amplify in these tanks to the point sure. yeah. where they can't 
talk the nor like they can't sing or communicate if you have like a small pod of dolphins in a tank they can't communicate effectively because yeah. of the echoing that they get inside the tanks and it amplifies it at the same time yeah so if you think about you being stuck in a tin can and every time you say something to someone right next to you it times it by three and then echoes for minutes on end yeah. yeah, I mean, especially in the 70s, yeah. I know one of the first orcas to go into captivity kind of drove himself insane and like was bashing his head up against the tank and gave yeah. himself an aneurysm. Um, but uh, the alternative to like, like, do you, do you guys know the story of what happened to Keiko after this? After no, I know nothing. About, I know that isn't like didn't SeaWorld like get. Keiko and like I remember SeaWorld was like we've got Willy come see Free Willy so this is this is what happened to Keiko after Free Willy um we're, it's gonna get a little it's gonna get a little dark uh, oh, or no. and not dark but sad uh so they moved Willy from his tank in Mexico to the Oregon Coast Aquarium where they built him a tank like that was one of the commercials on Free Willy 2 was like we're building this tank for for Keiko like we're moving wow. Keiko out of the small tank into this larger one. And then after that, they started training him in like, like a little cove, kind of like what he was in at the end of the movie built for him. So he could train to go back into the wild. Oh, wow. um, they started that in 1998 and in, 2001 um they released him into the wild or 2002 um great the, the thing is when they reintroduced him into the wild he had a hard time connecting to the pods i think they released him in europe he had a hard time readapting to yeah uh he they they moved him to Iceland from Iceland to Norway. Uh, he would occasionally approach groups of wild orcas, but remained on the remained um, isolated. Like they would not adapt. They would not adopt him into their pods. So he was Aww. interacting a lot with humans. Um, and he only lived in the wild for about a year, two years before he died of pneumonia. Oh, that's awful. Aww. Yeah. Um, so there's been like it. It's a it's a bad like it's it's a weird situation. Like it's great that they got him out of the tanks. I don't think that, and I think there's been some reflection on. whether or not it was the right choice uh in norway keiko had little contact with other orcas and was not fishing for months before his death the whale was being fed daily so people were feeding him like that's how he was oh, surviving so he learned to get so, his food from people and not from, yeah like the way that he needs to uh he, he was in captivity he was in captivity for too long yeah he couldn't break his he, he never integrated to a wild pod he could not break his need for human contact um yeah, so there's a lot. Like it's a heartbreaking story. It so. is for such like a genuinely beloved whale. Like I think this mm -hmm. movie like <clears throat> like 
this movie like is one of the things I think that like put killer whales or orcas like on the map. Yeah. And there, there's an orca now who's being moved to the ocean, but they're building a large ocean pen for them. So it's still contained, but it's at least as big as they can make it. Sure. Um, so it's, it's a, it's a tough it still makes me sad. Like that's how it happened. Cause I remember watching the today show when they're talking about him getting released and him training and being moved because it was such a, like because of this movie, that's how people knew about this story. So. Right. Yeah. I don't remember any of that, but like it is, it's pretty heartbreaking. And I wonder if it was like all socialization. Like you think like they trained him more to like hunt for fish and like be self-sufficient in that way. Unless like, how to make small talk at parties <laughs> and like that's yeah. why they didn't he didn't like get adapted into a pod well it's also like you take like i don't know where they ca- caught him to begin with or he was uh captured in the atlantic oh so he was captured in the atlantic ocean near iceland and then taken away from there and then brought back um yeah so it, it it's just a sad sad ending to the story it is um, yeah but he, I I think they still credit him in uh, Free Willy two and three, even though he's not actually in them. Like it's all oh. it's all the animatronics. But I think he still gets credited. So he uh, got those royalties. So, <laughs> he's one of the few that are still getting royalties. Um, I want to talk. <laughs> can, we, can we talk a little bit about the uh, awards that this movie was nominated for? Because I saw some interesting things that I want to talk about tell me uh, it was not nominated for any oscars but it was nominated for kids choice awards in 1994 it was I up for that. it was up for a favorite movie any guesses what it lost to oh in it was 92 93 fifle goes west <laughs> no <laughs> i love that movie i love that who movie. doesn't <laughs> ryan do you want to take a guess I honestly can't think of anything else from 93 to give Jurassic Park. An honest Jurassic Park. Oh, okay. Yeah. okay. Yeah. Okay. Lori Petty was nominated for favorite movie actress. She was nominated with Bette Midler for Hocus Pocus, but lost to Whoopi Goldberg for Sister Act 2. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, other one. That's it for the Kids' Choice Awards. It was also nominated for the MTV Movie Awards. This is where it gets interesting. Um, so for uh, J- Jason James Richter was nominated for Breakthrough Performance. Okay. Um, he lost to Alicia Silverstone. <laughs> Another notable entry in that that category was Ray Fiennes for Schindler's List. What a comparison. Yeah. Uh, The movie won for best song. I believe. I mean, yeah, it won for best song. It was up for a song. It was up against Bruce Springsteen for streets of Philadelphia from Philadelphia. Um, Brian Adams, Rod Stewart and sting for all for love from the three musketeers. (laughs) I didn't even know that was a thing. What a weird Uh, year. UB40 can't help falling in love from Sil- Sliver. Uh, 
the pro- proclaimers i'm gonna be 500 miles from benny and june okay it's not better than that song and celine dion and clive griffin when i fall in love from C- sleepless in seattle it is um, better than that song. the one that caught my attention was it was nominated for best kiss for what james J- jason james richter and willie <laughs> <laughs> It lost, but this this is what it was up against. Winona Ryder and Ethan Hawke in Reality Bites. Kim Basinger and Dana Carvey in Wayne's World 2. Patricia Arquette and Christian Slater in True Romance. And the winner of Best Kiss that year was Demi Moore and Woody Harrelson in Indecent Proposal. Oh, did it at least tell us that this, did this like come in second? Like, was he better than like two of the three kisses? I mean... I don't know, but I saw that and I was like, that's, it's incredible. That's incredible. It was such a weird year. That was the year my family moved to Pennsylvania. Oh, really? Well, yeah, it was that summer. Listen, I'm not saying correlation equals causation, but Ryan, you did this. <laughs> yeah, it, it happens. You did this. Um, The last thing I want to talk about with the legacy of this movie is do you guys remember in the 90s when everything had an animated series oh yeah that's right this had a yeah this had this an had animated series no yeah. it's Devin, pull up the stream now because i have an image up that you need to see this had an animated series called free willy where it was okay. jesse and willy like doing nature stuff to protect the whales <laughs> and willy talked what <laughs> yeah he was a talking whale how why why not it was the I 90s hate, man they had a I mask animated series they had a beetlejuice animated series they like oh that, everything that poster looks like something that belongs on adult swim <laughs> doesn't it that looks like an it adult looks swim like a, series. it looks like a parody that's totally yeah. there <laughs> it's uh, not it's real I, it, you know what it looks like oh what was that show from the 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 critic Mm -hmm. it looks like something from the critic yeah so one thing that i have to say is i don't know what it was about this past week it might be because everyone else is seeing the whole thing with whales in the news right now um but like with with you know work in my van if i'm not listening to music i'm listening to the local npr station and i think this past week i heard three separate interviews that had to do with whales (laughs) Not about, not about what's going on in the news, just about whales and different aspects. Like the, 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 there was a, a science show that they were doing about like the communication of whales. There was another one that was doing about some study that happened in like the mid nineties. But the one that I really liked was that they were talking about how our obsession with whales started because up until the sixties, the late sixties, no one really cared about whales. In fact, Whales were being hunted by every country still to be used for different industrial means. Hmm. So, like, to feed chickens and stuff like that. Like, whales were getting killed, I think, one every ten minutes. Um, Like, that's how fast they were getting killed off. Um, Hmm. Until this guy, who used to be in the Navy, um, started working with a scientist that had to do with, like, sound and, like, insects. Um, and he came across whale songs 
for the first time and he was also a amateur jazz musician and so he realized the cadence in the the whale singing it was like this is this is important so then he eventually through a roundabout means that i can't remember right now linked up with another scientist and then they came out with, with their whale songs album and worked and they basically worked with a bunch of other uh they worked with a bunch of people in the music industry and in the early 70s you start seeing whale sounds and whale songs start popping up in random aspects of pulp culture and that's and that's when everyone's um, obsessions of looking at whales as oh look at these magical creatures and not oh look industrial <laughs> uh, um, uh, things and so it's, um, it's the modern day equivalent of duetting a cat meowing basically on TikTok. Well, there was a top 40 song in the early 70s. Uh, I forget the, the artist's name, but she had a, a top 40 song for a few months that had like whale songs in the actual radio hit. I wish I was recording the, uh, the, the interview they were doing, but it was from it was a Science Friday episode from like 2018 that they were replaying. I mean, that's very cool. Yeah, so, like, this whole thing with whales and, like, what got, you know, Free Willy started, r this whole thing really started in the early 70s, and prior to the early 70s, no one cared about whales the way they do now. Yeah. Like, they just saw them as things to be used instead of things to protect. So this whole thing about how we feel about whales is really new -er, or new-ish in human history. It's very cool. Or at least, you know the way we view it yeah. <laughs> Devin, any final thoughts yeah alan hit me with with one sentence explanations of what the sequel and number three of this movie are like number i don't care about pirate cove number two is about uh jesse reuniting with willie on vacation when he's on vacation with Rand randolph's there and there's oh. an oil spill that affects willie's siblings so like there's a huge oil spill and they have to like help the whales from getting sick and dying sure uh, and then there's a huge fire and the oil catches fire in the water and that's the movie and you you meet jesse's younger brother elvis who what? is oh. yeah it's interesting uh. and there's another michael jackson song um but there there's an interesting dynamic there of the the greenwoods adopting this other kid who also has issues from their mother um it, it's fun i like i like the second one it you also get the uh necklace like this is the one oh, that cool. came with the necklace uh yeah. free willy 3 from what i remember has to deal with whale hunters like jesse okay. and randolph like try to stop this whale hunting group and then the captain of the whale hunting ship has a son who also is like hey dad don't hunt whales that's not cool uh and like <laughs> teams up with with jesse and willie and i guess willie's gonna be a father in that one. Oh, of course so, the natural natural yeah. progression um but willie does not talk in any of the sequels so if you want that you got to watch the animated series who did they get to play him in the animated? Is if it's like if it's like a Danny it, DeVito type voice, like then voice. that's what I want. It's like voice actors. Like I I looked at the name, I didn't recognize him. So 
It wasn't unexpectedly Mark Hamill. No. Darn. It wasn't them trying to make a trumpet talk or Spe- something like that. Speaking of, speaking of, I, I read that there was a, a version of the script for this where Jesse didn't talk until like the third act. And the only thing he says is, we need a free Willie. <laughs> Which I want to see that version of the screenplay. Like, I, I just want to find that. Yeah. So... I, hold on. Before we sign off here, did you guys all see the IMDb storyline section for this? No. No. The only part that matters is it's basically about fishermen separate a young orca from his parents, blah, blah, blah. But when Willie is a dud in front of the audience, the marina owners plan some bad things, and the boy and his friends must try to, major spoilers, free Willie. <laughs> Listen, whoever wrote that on IMDb, hats off to you. Fantastic. No notes. <laughs> oh, it's just good job internet yeah uh, this was yeah. fun though I'm, how to, I'm glad I got you guys to watch this movie I this was what I was hoping it was yeah it was uh, yeah it's 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 a classic it is it holds um, up it does um yeah uh, Ryan, next next time is your pick. What are you going to have us watch? Well, to continue the path to get uh, to the uh, to one of the most coveted Mel Brooks movies ever, we're going to be watching uh, Vertigo next. <laughs> Every freaking time. <laughs> oh, this is such a long walk to Spaceballs. Not sp- Spaceballs? <laughs> I, I know, yeah. <laughs> I know gonna hurt you <laughs> between dracula and dead and loving it <laughs> oh, yeah. oh okay. i can't wait good so where to go okay yeah all right uh i don't think we're gonna be doing a show next week because of the fourth of july holiday and i'm moving so the next time you see the show i will not be in this setup probably but maybe who knows it'll just be less behind me by then so make it look identical I don't know if I can, but um, (laughs) in the meantime, you can follow you have to watch this podcast on Instagram and Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel and listen to you have to watch this podcast on all major podcasting platforms and leave us a review. If you can, Uh, you can find us at uh, Harrisburg pop and comic con coming up in August on where is the page? I just had it up. August 26th and 27th with our friends at Rum Runners Podcast. They'll be joining us. We'll be doing some giveaways. we got some fun stuff to give away. And we're just adding more to it as the time goes on. Hmm. So see us there. It'll be a lot of fun. Until then, for You Have to Watch This Podcast, I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And take it away, Homer. Jump free, Willie. Jump. Watch this podcast. Ugh, what a mess.